Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. It is another edition of No Bets Barred. Uh, no UFC this week. We are aware, but uh, we're still going to make a little something happen. Bellator uh, 285 going down in Dublin. Shakur Stevenson fighting Olympic gold medalist Robson Conceição. Yeah, I got that name right. I did a little research there. We'll do wow. a little... Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I. Uh, it took me three minutes to YouTube his name and, and listen to Joe Tessitore say it multiple times on a broadcast. Uh, a little something special on the back end as well. I'll let Jed break that down a little bit later on. Um, so we'll, ha- we'll have some fun with that. And we got to recap UFC two, UFC Apex 60. Sorry, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Already looking at, at pay-per-views after the week that was. My man, Jed, how we doing? I think I know the answer to this, but how are we feeling? I'm doing A++. And it was... I uh, we talk about it all the time. We both want to have winning weeks. I, I'm sorry oh, that yours was was not as good. Thank you, Daniel Zellhuber. Daniel Zellhuber. Uh, we out. talked about it because we're gonna have to talk about him in a, in a minute as well. Because shout that out to was, him. I was a no, 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 no. Seriously though, shout out to him. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, uh, I I had an almost perfect week, <laughs> which is not a thing that happens in the gambling world. <laughs> so I was flying high. I hit. Every one of my bets on no bets barred, except for, and I, I frankly, let's be honest, I take zero blame for this loss because I didn't know I was going against God and 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 greater forces yeah. that exist. The yeah, Pat Sabatini mm-hmm. was the only loss I had. He obviously loses to Damon Jackson, and I I text you when that fight when they were making the walkouts because that that was the moment I learned that Damon Jackson's brother had died that week. Yeah, I you know, like, I, I I choked on my cheesesteak a little bit when I heard that. I was like, oh man, we might we might be getting into something bad. But sometimes I do. It's it's taboo to even like bring this up in in a in the gambling sphere. But like I I do go back to like Walt Harris after after his daughter died. He you know a lot of people bet on him. He he did not win. I was actually at two seventy seven 
Uh, Anthony Smith is making the walk. I'm watching with a bunch of my friends, and they announce about the passing of his mother. And one of my friends is like, oh, betting on him. Plus 450, his mom died betting on him. He's going to win. Obviously, doesn't work out for him. I think the best thing to do in fights like this, if you're aware of the statistics, stay away from it. You just never know how someone's going in, taking that heavy emotional toll with them into the cage. Sometimes they'll fight like Damon Jackson. Nothing to lose. Let it rip. Sometimes, you know, they they might not be up for the fight. It's it's dicey. But yes, I'm with you. Exactly. Like that's that's my thing. Is I I wouldn't have bet on Damon Jackson because I'm totally with you in that. Like I, I've seen it go the other way so many times. But there's no world in which you could have compelled me to put money against Damon Jackson. Yeah, because then I'm cheering for Damon Jackson. Exactly. Like, dude, like that, it's a terrible thing that happened to them. I'm not. I don't want to see it get doubled down by him losing in a fight. Like it was an emotional scene afterward. Him, him crying in the cage. But yeah, our bet was immediately in danger when I when I found and, out about that. As soon as I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this is." Because I was still having, you know, had, didn't have that many bets prior to that, but had success was like, oh, well now, now the bad things are coming. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> Jillian Robertson hits, uh, Jillian Robertson I, I and the under hits and the under hits. So listen, I'm going to break the fourth wall here just real quick. I, uh, I drove pretty far to get that cheesesteak on a recommendation from, from big Joe green on our, uh, on our show staff, terrible traffic in Brooklyn on Saturday ended up being about a two and a half hour round trip. Um, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I got cussed out twice on the way there. One dude was hanging out his window, cussing me out. Um, it was pretty intense. You know, people are crazy in New York. So I, I just didn't really respond to it. Uh, so I was streaming, had the phone up on the dashboard streaming, sitting in, in gridlock traffic when Jillian Robertson got the sub, uh, at that point, I was like, I can't miss right now. I'm 3-0 already on the day. Everything went bad after that. Uh, yeah, that's where I was at, getting my getting my cheesesteak uh, just to be halfway through it and all of it go bad. <laughs> can't, can't miss. <laughs> that's what that I was thinking, a- and that's, that's why the gambling god spited me, because that thought entered my head. I was like, man, I just can't miss these days. And then they were like, yeah, psych. You cannot have that thought. So she gets the sub, which I gave out as a prop bet in my gambling preview column from mayfighting.com. Great website. She gets the Fantastic under. Website. She gets the win. Everything's kosher. Anthony Hernandez does the damn thing. Oh, my Both God. He looks so Intel. good, too. Dude, oh, he looked Hernandez he looked the best looks, of the card. Yeah, I was going to say that was like my best bet of the day. Like he just went in and just, God, he looked so. That's just what you want to see in a fighter that you take in like that minus 150 to minus 200 range. He looked so good. Yeah, because it's like, oh, he should have been minus three, minus four. There's oh he, there's yes. one way traffic. Looked every just part of it. Dominating. Bozer Nascimento uh, just just doing doing the thing. <laughs> the funniest the- part is you had the over, I had the under, and it was very stressful for both of us. Both of us. I was like I, I think I texted you in the first round. I was like Man, I don't because our our streams were not lined up, and I yeah. was like, "Dude, I don't like what's happening right now." Oh, when they came out for like that first minute, it looked like car crash territory. I was just like, "This is hitting," and yeah. because I had that thought, Nasamento immediately went for a takedown and just <laughs> lay and prayed. I thought this dude was supposed to be a BJJ like a wizard, and he was just going to submit him. Yeah, and that was the thing you immediately texted me. It was like, obviously, my stream's a little ahead of yours because I would feel a lot better right now. Yeah. And that was right after he hits the takedown. Well, then, then in the second round, 
uh, Bozer wobbles him bad with like bad. 15 seconds to hit your over. And I was like, because I'm cheering for your over. I was like hoping for a perfect world. We get a TKO with like 225 left. Thread and we the needle. Yeah. And we just thread the needle. I was like, oh no. But then like in my back of my head, I was also like, oh yes, for my own bet. It was a, it yeah. was an emotional roller coaster. It, that is the best way to describe it. And that's why I will always bet heavyweight overs. I know that I've been doing it the experiment. <laughs> I'm not willing to say that they always hit, though they have been nailing it lately. Nailing. But it is the most fun I have betting is just watching these two big old beefy men just try to ruin my dreams. It's fun as hell. I have so had, much fun watching that fight. I have to get some transparency here. Every heavyweight over you're just going to blindly take? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, huh. Okay. I mean, we'll we'll see if if eventually it starts burning me enough that I have to be a little more discerning. But yeah, I uh, if there was a Bellator heavyweight fight this weekend, I would be hitting the over. There uh, are none. My man, my guy, Jilton Almeida just got a fight made for two eighty against Shamil. I'm gonna hit, feel bad. You hit the over in that. I don't like oh, it. That's, it's that's not gonna it. make me happy. But a man's got to have a code. A man <laughs> does have to is, have a code. Uh, you mentioned the heavy, no heavyweight fights on Bellator. I'm uh, depressingly looking over the lineup to see there are no uh, flyweight fights for us to hit it under. Uh, there are never flyweights in Belly, which is why it's a trash organization that we don't support. Exactly. At least I don't support Flyweight them. is the greatest division in all the sports. Uh, last night, Dana White Contender Series, flyweight fight. I didn't take the under because I couldn't find a two and a half. They had the under one or they had the one and a half lined like over minus 180. It's like, dude, then give me a two and a half at like even money under two and a half at third round knockout. Like these things are, I went back in the stats and we'll get back into this later. We've done well on flyweight unders throughout the whole year. I I track all my bets and everything. The flyweight unders have, uh, have been pretty good to us. That's because they, they never miss. And then let's let's talk about the big one because hit a lot of things, but uh, please, a lot, a lot of people gave some shout outs, and we were talking about it beforehand. I don't want to pretend like I am a genius, like this was like I saw something and read it. But every week on <laughs> MMAfighting.com, great website, Fantastic. I give out a long shot of the week. Great I column it because that, it that where you yeah, give that long shot out. That's a great column. Thank you. I give it because it's fun, because it's fun to to dream, to take a big swing at something very, very stupid. And my general parameters are, I want it to be over th- over plus a thousand. Like that's really the only rule. Occasionally I've had to bend it when something, nothing was even remotely acceptable. This week I picked Corey Sandhagen by fourth round TKO. I want to be clear, that hit, I made plus 2,500 and so did the people who tailed me. Shout out to y'all because... Frankly, some of y'all put more money on it than I did, <laughs> and you are reaping the benefits of that. Whereas People I love was plus a money. People love, People plus, love money. plus money. But I just want to be clear. I am going to absolutely celebrate the hell of the way. You have to. It was not at all the way I thought it was going to happen, and it probably didn't deserve to happen. But, but it happened. Buddy, it doesn't make any difference because we were talking about it beforehand. That whole, I didn't think it was going to hit just because I thought that fight was going to be stopped after the third round. I was like, man, that cut is terrible. Can't do it. And then they let it start. And as soon as he lets it go, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, it's in play, baby. This is in play because that thing is only going to get worse. And the whole time I'm like, dude, stop the fight and check the cut. Stop the fight. Electric five minutes for you. 
electric. And when we get to the stool and Cormier is saying, there's no chance this fight continues. I'm thinking that, I mean, there shouldn't be, there's no world, but Gregory Rodriguez, the fight before shouldn't have been allowed to continue fighting. His face was literally falling off. Yeah. We can and see that veins and arteries. Do it. Yeah, man. And that doctor was just letting him go. So I was like, Oh, if he stops it now, this is it. If he doesn't, this will be the saddest. I will have ridden the roller coaster and crashed. And then he leans over and whispers in Herb's ear. And I'm like, oh, that's it, baby. He, That's it. He's stopping this one. And then I jumped off of my couch. Oh, and I, I so can only excited. imagine. I can only imagine how, how crazy you must have gone. I mean, that's that's a huge number. That's a huge number. I I can say definitively... Unless it's like a future on on golf or or a future that's like a season long thing, I've never hit something like that on on a single play. Dude, it's it was electric, and that is that's why gambling gets you. That's man, why we do because it. things like that's that happen. I was sitting there uh, parlay the MMA hour parlay got killed. Sandhagen in that one, the over one and a half had already hit. I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs, just kind of enjoying the fight. Energy was was fairly low watching it. Had I had Sandra Sandhagen round four, I would have been much more intrigued into what was happening. Oh, yeah. And that's why betting that, is fantastic. It is because that like low key that fight wasn't that fun. Uh, not really. Like it, no, not really like, on the merits. But I had a great time. Oh god, uh, yeah. It's it's hard to have a bad time when you're hitting twenty five hundred. Still, let's it let's is be real. very difficult. So so uh, it was yeah. a great week. I mean, it's it's. It's always a bummer when you come one short of the perfect week. I've been doing this, giving out picks on the MMA Hour for a year now. Three times I have come one short. Most recently, UFC Paris. I came short on a stupid bet. Zero gone by sub is the one that I missed at UFC Paris. I don't. You can't even count that as missing the thing. I know, though, but I have that's to. Just, nah, I, that's, that's I need just a to, shot in the dark. To have a perfect week, everything's got to be green. Everything's got to be green if if I'm going to have a perfect week. I'm still chasing it. It's got to have a code. It's elusive. It's it's elusive. It's it's my white whale. It's my white buffalo. Whatever you want it to be. Man, the first week you you hit it, we got to throw a party. Oh, dude! Just, when either of us has that, the parade, actual perfect week where every single bet that you put in, every single dollar that you give to the bookies comes right back to you with some friends. Oh, we got to celebrate. Oh yeah, we um, got to celebrate. It's going to happen. That's the I, new high to chase. That is oh, the new high to chase. Oh, I've been chasing it. I've been chasing it. It's it's my ghost. The perfect week. <laughs> if I if I ever get up 100 units all time for MMA hour picks and uh and I hit a perfect week, well the retirement uh talks oh. will start creeping up. Oh, oh, just walk away on top. Go leave to the, the gloves game. in the octagon. I guess leave my wallet in the octagon, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> and just start enjoying a, a much more stress-free life. Uh, Leaving your wallet in the octagon would be the absolute best thing. Oh, God, it'd be so great if if I got a perfect week and hit the the over 100-unit mark at an Apex show that I was in attendance, and then they let me go into the octagon afterward to take pictures, and I just, just ceremoniously left my wallet, wallet in there. That, that would be all-time stuff. Do it for uh, the MSG card. I mean, <laughs> just make it happen. But until then... We keep chasing those ghosts, uh, and that's what we're going to keep doing week after week until we catch them. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And this is, I was about to just blurt out, this is a great week to keep chasing those ghosts. It is not. It's not. (laughs) It's not. I'm going to, I'm not going to sit here and lie to the masses that I, that I tape studied for hours on end for Bellator 285. What? Uh, You didn't? Probably the most intriguing things about this card for me, uh, Benson Henderson, Peter Quilly, Yoel Romero, and Melvin Manhoff are fighting, which is which is pretty cool. And the card is in Dublin. I know the Dublin crowd is going to deliver. The crowd is that's the thing. I think this card is mostly poop, but this uh, crowd yeah. is going to deliver. Like that is <laughs> Peter Quilly, zombie. Come on. Like they're gonna be going hard. Yeah. Uh Yoel Romero. Somehow the younger fighter in this matchup. I didn't think that was possible uh, in actual <laughs> MMA, but all things are possible through Bellator, <laughs> the the promotion. Uh, actually, a somewhat decent poster for Bellator, too. They got rid of the uh, gray, black, red, and white color scheme where they literally just plug in the fu- picture of the fighters. Uh, they they did a little something something here. I, I like it. Oh, well, it's because it's because the Dublin, so they got to put some green in it. You know. Yeah. They, yeah. Shut up. And but it, it does look better. It is certainly a better. When you take fifteen poster. minutes to design a poster, it it does somehow look better. I mean, you could like you could just pay a graphic designer like five hundred dollars and get a sick poster made. It's MMA promotions just mail it in so much these days dude <laughs> like, i follow i follow like 15 artist accounts on instagram and twitter that most of their product is just creating sick posters yeah. for events it's just like dude commission those guys and like your product immediately gets better if your poster's sick i hate to say it but it oh, just yeah does. man like that's that's how it's the same as a book cover like it draws casual oh, interest yes. in 
a wine so label, a beer label. Like I, I'm going to be drawn in if it looks fancy. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, uh, I'm trying to remember the dude's name. Uh, you follow, uh, uh, the guy who used to do just nothing but UFC posters. And then he ended up getting like, he, he ended up doing an in an Avengers end game poster because like all he would do is create like those things. And that's just, he got, got semi-famous in the industry from, from this artistic stuff. And then he did it. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm also not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that I know all of them. Uh, one of the, one of the ones that I know the most that is consistently boss putting logic. him out. Boss logic. Boss nice. logic. Cause all boss logic did was make, infinite mma posters about fighters and events and stuff and some of them were really cool some of it was all a bit in the same style for my taste personally but like it was at least unique and different he did so much of it that he eventually and then he started branching out to doing movie stuff and then he like actually did an avengers endgame poster like through with marvel and stuff like there's a ton of talented people out there you could you could care about these little small things but they, I mean, Bellator's just mailing it in. Oh, for sure, for sure. Needing art is one that I really like. He he does some sick stuff. He does like old school VHS tapes with the poster on it. Uh, all right, we're getting way too deep into the weeds of uh, Bellator <laughs> we, two eighty five post. Um, let's get into it. Um, I have no single place. I have two just nasty, nasty parlays uh, that I can almost guarantee we'll lose. It's going to be Friday afternoon because it's in Dublin. Uh, beautiful crisp fall day. I should be outside enjoying it. Instead, I'm bunkered in my living room watching uh, Showtime pay-per-view and someone that I should have never even trusted my money with is is going to let me down. That is, I can see into the future and that is that is in my future. Uh, whether it's Carl Albrechtson, whether it's Derog Kelly. I love that you took Carl Albrechtson because... We could talk about it. I thought about doing the same thing. I've got one parlay and one straight play. I thought about putting Carl in the parlay, big number, and then I was just like, I have absolutely no idea if he's going to actually win this fight. Like Neither It wouldn't shock me in any possible capacity if he lost to Carl Moore. Battle of the Carls, let, it, let us say. Name rights fights. Love name rights fights. Well, you, you have to know that Bellator, Bellator did that. You know, booking, they, that was something they're leaning on heavy with the promotion of Bellator 285 is the Battle of the Carls, naturally. Uh, Carl Albertson is a top 10 light heavyweight in uh, in Bellator. Going to be tough. Opener against an Irishman. Uh, but yeah, Carl Moore has not fought in, uh, what is it, three years, I believe. Yeah. it's There's no reason to bet on Carl Moore, but it's also just very yeah, difficult well, yeah, for the, me to the, bet on the the one reason I can give you is uh, it's Bellator. It'll be a weekday afternoon, technically, uh, and that's when parlays get killed. That is when parlays get killed. Uh, if you if you bet on Daniel Zellhuber last week and you watch that performance, just such a letdown performance. It's okay when the parlay gets killed, but when you just have to sit there and watch for three rounds, and it's like, wow, this guy has nothing. Like this this was a very bad pick on my end. Uh, this card is chock full of them. Anyone is this week's oh. Daniel Zellhuber. The amount of times I've been burnt on a Bellator parlay where the guy just comes out. I think it was Cody Law at 282. I was in attendance in Connecticut. Uh, he was the only leg that missed across like three parlays. 
uh, and he came out and just laid a goose egg. Goose egg. He got 30-25. That's like a minus 800. And I'm the idiot that plays those things. I mean, look, we all we all make some choices. This is a good one. You know, you got to have action. Down. Have There's action. nothing else to Come have on. action down this Spell weekend. Dublin. It's Bellator Dublin. We have to do it. So uh, listen, I'll, I'll just give it to you straight. I got one parlay that's four legs. It's Brett Johns. You know, support my people from Wales. That is something I do. Uh, former UFC. Yeah. Got to like that. I mean. I'm, he's also like actually just a pretty decent fighter. Like, yeah. I like Brett Johns. I kind of thought he got a raw deal uh, in the UFC. I mean, his UFC losses are Aljo and Pedro Munoz. Those are extremely like quality losses. Yeah. And Aljo champion. Pedro Munoz was top 10 fighter at the time. Uh, or maybe he became top 10 just after. But, you know, it's high quality stuff. All right, uh, now now let's get nasty. This is where you fall into the traps in Bellator. Uh, you know, prospect, up and coming, hometown, Irishman, 1-0 professional record, Derog Kelly, 8-0 amateur. Watched him in his last fight, looked great. Gets a finish in under two minutes. Now he gets Kai Stevens. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say the Irishman isn't going to let me down. Derog Kelly is, is leg two of my parlay. This is if you're looking for really insightful uh, analysis, this ain't where you're going to find it. At least not on my end. <laughs> Can I ask you one question? I know Please. we don't want to get too bogged down. I want you to ask me. Kai Stevens is an Englishman. Do we feel that he might be fighting for the Queen? Wow! In this battle of oh, God. the Irish versus the English. You know what? I'm going to negate that point. I'm going to say Thorog Kelly is fighting against the queen. Against the queen? Well, that's the other they side both, of it too. They both have powers. Who's going to overpower the other's power? So Historically, I think, the English have won that particular it's, battle. It's but. redemption time. It's redemption time at Bellator Dublin, Bellator 285. Uh, can I stop going both? Are we going 285 or are we going Dublin? Oh, just go Dublin. We'll go Dublin, even okay. Though, even though they've done a bunch of Dublins, it's still, you just do Dublin. It's like every time the UFC goes to London... It's UFC London. It doesn't matter that it's actually like their 17th trip there or whatever. All right, let's keep it going. Another Irishman with not a lot of fights on his record. It's Karrion Clark. Uh, short notice opponent in Rafael Hudson. Yeah, I just like what Clark's been doing, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, do you? Okay. I can't even pretend to know what Karrion Clark has been doing. I don't know what these guys are doing, dude. I'm just throwing together a little action, oh, a little dumb parlay. He's, oh, he's got a short notice. Ireland guy. Okay. Yeah, dude, he's got a short notice opponent coming in who has not been impressive of late. Lost three of his last four. Uh, professional Shooto Brazil. The logo looks like a Mortal Kombat logo. I'm a little worried about that, but uh, <laughs> I mean, other than that, dude, he he's 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 one and three in his last four. Carrying Clark, you know, I think I think double C C squared as they call them call him in Dublin gets this one done. Hey, plus. Just know know where your bread is buttered. You know that's that's one of my things. And you have Irish to know that I'm going in into Ireland, this. They're trying yeah. to give him a win for sure. Uh, you you got to kind of think of the squash matches that are that are getting set up here. Um, I also am going into this knowing I'm going to lose. It's it's liberating. I am the Avengers, Bellator, Dublin. One of these guys is Thanos, and. As they're laying on the mat after getting 30-24 as a minus 900, uh, 
they will look dead into the camera and be like, I am inevitable. And I will say, I know. Why do I keep doing this? <laughs> I know, but I still fight. Uh, fight the good fight, buddy. Next leg of the parlay, fourth and final leg of this parlay, Yoel Romero. This is one I actually feel good in. Soldier oh, of God. Yeah. Like, we're, we're ready to go. First, first, uh, first dog of the week for us, Alex Polizzi. Regret that. Yoel Romero just yeah. did what he had to do. We we missed. But that's we missed that. the funny thing is I everything you're saying I track with. I have Yoel Romero. I've got one parlay. It's Yoel Romero and Brett Johns, and then I have a third open leg that I'll fill in with something else in the future, probably yeah. on next week's UFC card. Oh because nice. maybe. Like those two those two fights still only got it to like minus two fifty if I just <laughs> parlayed the two of them. Yeah, that's yeah, because yeah, so, uh, my my four leg parlay is minus one hundred two. Because if that doesn't <laughs> if that doesn't sound sharp, I don't know what does. I don't sharp, know what does. Sharp as cue ball, baby. I mean, uh, sharp as a tack over here. Yeah. The uh, the best part of this though is Yoel's going to be the one that busts your parlay. Yeah, like I'm gonna, it's, it's going. It's not going to be. Uh, Kieran, it's not going to be any of the, the other ones you don't know anything about. It's going to be Yoel Romero. He's yes. <laughs> in the most frustrating way possible, lose to Melvin Man. Yeah, in oh. the battle of the elderly, Melvin Manhoof, 46 years old, is somehow going to best Yoel Romero. Yeah, it's oh, I know exactly how it's going to happen. Yoel's just not going to do anything. I was going to say, he's going to throw six significant strikes over 15 minutes. And then when Melvin Manhoof hits him, he's just going to put his hands up and be like, what? Yeah. What? He's, yeah. Melvin's just going to kick him in the leg 10 times. Yoel does nothing and Yoel loses a splitty. Like that's a thousand percent <laughs> what's going to happen. I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. I'm looking forward to it because when you already when you already know you're going to get hurt, it's tough to to really bring you down. Um, yes. So that's the four legs. Brett Johns, Karrion Clark, Throg Kelly, Yoel Romero, minus 102. When Vegas sees me walking in, they start shutting windows when you're putting together four-leg parlays <laughs> at minus 102. But then I added our boy Carl Albrickson, top 10 light heavyweight in Bellator. Top 10. And then Smash. Mads Burnell, former UFC fighter. What could go wrong there? That's a little six-legger. That pays out at plus 212. Uh so yeah, uh, I put it put out a poll here. What could go wrong? What nothing. I I almost had Mads Burnell just as the third leg of of my two leg parlay, but so so the I, hot the hot dog pick this week is uh, Diana Silva against Leah McCourt. She's actually moved to being a favorite now, and I almost got on board when she was a dog, and then I was like, do I no. really want to put my money? On ten and seven, Diana Silva in a you low in a low level women's featherweight bout at Bellator Dell, and I said no, nope. Let's save that. So I just threw a half unit on each of those parlays. Throw a unit yeah. in the incinerator. Why not? If it Why works not? out, that'd be sick. Why not? I respect it. I also took one straight bet uh, on this card. It's prop though. It's a. Uh, I took the over one and a half in the uh, Manhoof Yoel Romero fight. Because exactly what we were talking about. I actually just don't think Yoel's going to fight him because he doesn't <laughs> do that. So it's like, it's only minus 110 for over one and a half. I don't, I don't this mind feels, that. This feels incredibly likely, honestly. Yeah, so. I, I, I don't mind that at all. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. A lack of research 
uh, a lack of really caring. I okay. uh, I wasn't even aware that the props had been released yet. So DraftKings has like a full prop spread on some I can't of these lie, fights, I'm, which is surprising <laughs> to me. I'm shocked at how much uh, DraftKings is is going out on on Bellator 285. Every single fight available. They've got nothing available. else to do this week, I guess. They're just like, well, yeah. I guess sure. Let's I mean, set some lines here because I mean, we're not making yeah. enough money from the NFL, so we might as well add in the Bellator picks. I mean, it was. I I was looking. I was like, oh, there is. I knew there'd be an over under, but then when I looked into it at DK, I was like, oh, there's actually everything. Like I could I could pick Yoel by KO. Minus one seventy five, which probably hits, but Maybe. I wouldn't feel good putting know. my money on it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I might cook up. Some, I might cook up a nasty little prop stew later this week. See what oh, I can see. What I can do. I'm already a unit down. We'll see how bad we can get it. Uh, <laughs> you got a chase to get it back. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got on Bellator two eighty five. Sorry if we're that's, letting the people down. That's all I got too. We look. You guys are lucky we're doing this. We didn't have to do it this week. There's no UFC. But we did it for you, for the people, so we could support you guys for supporting us. Yeah, I can, I can say now the uh, the next off week after uh, the electric Yan Zhao Nan, Mackenzie Dern card, UFC Apex 61, will likely be podcastless in the, uh, in the off it week. It seems likely. I got to say, man, though, like it's, it's a bit of a bummer, right? Because we've got this down week, next week tough hang like that card is a tough hang tough and then another down week and then we start getting the gas then we get another fight night card well yeah, we get I, was, I was gonna say the the fight card after that also a little bit of a tough hang it is a rujo grasso main event a rujo grasso main event yeah but that's the amuse bouche for ufc 280 that's I'll that agree just wets with that. The palate. I'll agree with that. That's the hors d'oeuvres at the wedding. They're walking around with the with the tostinis, the crustinis, yeah. whatever they call them. Crab the, cake. Give me a crab cake. Crab cake. I, oh, spring rolls. Sure, I'll take two. Bring those around next time. Sliders. I'm yeah. down. Uh, yeah, it'll be a nice little thing. Calm yeah, before the storm. Get your two eighty. Two eighty. Who? I can't. But then wait we go. Then we go two eighty. Then we go Arnold Allen Calvin Cater Ooh. main event. Then I'm sleeping on whatever's after that. It doesn't even matter. And then we go 281. That four-week stretch is going to be fire. So I will say that the one after, the between Cater Allen and 281. What, what is it? Aspen Ladd, Sarah McMahon got redone as the main event of that one? It's a tough hang. There's, there's not a scheduled main event as, as of yet. Uh, Sick. Looking at the card, I think the main event is probably going to end up being Mavsar Evloev, Bryce Mitchell. Oh, that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. The yeah, best yeah. No, fight on that. the card. I mean, that's I'm a good fight. That. You've got Miranda Maverick, Shaney Young, you know, some, some other fighters that are. Oh, actually, it might be Marina Rodriguez, Amanda Lemos. That might also be. Also, down be for like that, I'm a huge Marina guy. Yeah. And that's a, it's, it's okay, but it's. It's a weaker card, but again, it won't matter. Appetizer. I don't want to be that full going into it. I don't want to be that full going into it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely starting to to come full circle realization that UFC, while there's no off season, the main season is is like oh the summertime. Yeah, it's like mid February to, to August, like March to August. We were just getting banger after banger after banger. Yep. They, uh, I mean, it, their, their prime stuff is they're throwing down the middle high heat 
when it's Super Bowl weekend, basically, until the end of the summer. Yeah. They're trying to, because you and, get International Fight Week in there and you do ooh, just that whole stretch is, great is usually going to be big, big stuff. Great times. And then they'll close, they close the year pretty strong because you're going to always get the MSG in November. You're going to get, you'll get one, one more in December, in December too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So they usually close the year pretty well as well. But, the fillers around it, you know, they're fulfilling their contract with ESPN Plus. I understand what they're what they're doing, and uh, we appreciate it because you know sometimes those are where you find the gold. Those sometimes those are where you find the plus twenty five hundred quarters standing around fours. Sometimes that's where it is. Speaking of the plus twenty five hundred Corey Sandhagen, I'm going to use that to transition us to our final segment. Wait, of, of wait, the, I wait. have to put the I have to stop this beautiful transition and because okay. uh, I got a bet on Shakur Stevenson oh, uh, Robson can say just breaking out into boxing yeah, yeah, yeah Friday night in Newark where else would you rather be Newark New Jersey you hometown uh, I actually got tickets offered and I said no I will not be in town this weekend so wow I, yeah oh, I will town okay. yeah that probably would have gone are you going Newark's- to the UGA Kent State game is that what's yeah. happening <laughs> yeah, uh, that's going to be sick. But uh, yeah, Newark, not the easiest place to get to. Um, I'm taking Shakur Stevenson by decision, minus 160. He is so juiced up because he's going to win the fight. You can't take him straight. I was leaning maybe as a knockout because he's such a huge favorite, but I actually did a little bit of research into this one. Can say so. He's no pushover, dude. Olympic gold medalist, 17-1, and one, never been knocked out, survived Oscar Valdez, who has knockout power for 36 minutes. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, really not the biggest knockout artist. Nine of his 18 wins, which is not that incredible in boxing. Uh, and then three of his last four have gone to a decision. Four of his last six have gone to a decision. I really just think Shakur Stevenson is just going to style on him for for 12 rounds. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, let, I'll lay some chalk on a Shakur by decision. I Shakur is – I'm looking at minus 2,500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is – that's a – Big number. The thing I hate is that on general principle, I kind of want to bet on Conceição just because like... Olympic gold medalist. Exactly. He's an Olympic gold medalist. He at least knows how to box. And I know that ambi-boxing and pro-boxing, not the same thing. But like if if he was plus 2,000, I'd take the shot. But I'm looking at him as like plus 1,000. Yeah. It's like that's... There's That's Vegas the, for you. The, book, Minus, the Vegas knows what they're yeah. doing. They're creating yeah. a gulf there. But yes. It's the big. Uh, it's the juice. The it, house always wins. So much juice there. It's so juicy. Yeah. And I can't. I can't do it, but man, on general that's, principle, that's boxing for you though. When when people ask why I'm not a huge boxing fan, it's because 90% of the fights are minus 2500. It's tough to bet boxing, that is absolutely for sure. Shakur um, Stevenson had a run where every single time he fought, I was like, oh, Shakur Stevenson's fighting, and then I checked the odds, and he was minus 10,000. Yeah, that's that's just sort of how it goes in a lot of those ways. <laughs> it's, it's a tough hang. Yeah. But uh, I wish right. you the best in your boxing. Yeah, man, it's probably going to lose. I'm ready to lose everything this weekend. It's all right. <laughs> Very nihilistic, Connor, this week. Listen, I'll, I'll be all right. I'll put down like a total of like two, two and a half units if I win something. If I lose it all, I'll I'll win it right back on UFC Apex 61. Oh, yeah. And 280? I mean, 280 is going to be the perfect night. I already have like seven bets down for 280. I'm not going to lie to you. And you're going to hit all of them. Hit Manon Fioro at an opener on minus 175. Pretty proud of that. Uh, Yeah. Denver has to have moved. Yeah. He's like, she's like minus 280. Yeah. Best fight out notification. Shout out. Always have him on. 
Love, dude, love. I love the notifications. You were just so on point. I mean, well, I knew I was betting Fiero. And as soon as I saw that, I mean, you should see me when I see some of these odds drop because I know how fast they move. I frantically try to place the bet. We'll have to talk about it then, but yeah, we're, do you not have enough. some concerns that Caitlin Chukagian by decision is nope. the death in taxes? I know it's a thing. I've won on it several times, but the beast is my girl. Marina I mean, and Manon love, are, my t- are my two girls. I love Manon, and I think she should win, but I am I'm concerned. But we'll talk about that in three weeks. Yeah, the hell that's, that for, that's for next month's show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's get into the last segment. We've got a special segment. We're going to close it down because I I pitched this to you the other week when I knew we'd have this off week because one of the things that I get the most is when you were off on your European adventures, you know, going going to to Paris, seeing Cyril gone and all that. Take me back. Had a couple. You you were you left me here to in the trenches taking grenades, and so I brought in some people. I brought in uh, Mike Heck from Mayfind.com. He he does, places a wager every now and then. Yeah. It was a fine episode, but I brought in Alexander Kaylee, who had never bet MMA before, and the entire premise was. AK, I'm going to teach you how to bet because a lot of people, especially new fans, maybe they don't know how to bet. I've gotten so much feedback on that since. One, I will say, we turned AK into a better, and God, I love it. That man is now talking to me constantly about <laughs> action he's doing stuff. It's the best. It makes me so happy. But I get so I've gotten so many messages from fans from from listeners being like, "Hey." I was a really great episode. Like I haven't ever really bet MMA before. And so I got to learn some stuff uh, and, or people just asking for more, teach me how to bet things beyond just ride, you know, riding the rails with us. And so what I decided we should do is we should help these people out because we're, we're, we're friendly guys. We, we want everybody to, to come in, have a good time, to do it the right way and to have some fun. So I thought what we would do we create the MMA betting rule book. You know, you got to have a set of guidelines, principles to live by. I've got some, they're not written down, they're not codified, but let's do that right now. And so I've got a list of several items. You've got some items. And we're basically just going to talk through the rules by which to bet MMA and, and how, how we do it. And so I'm going to lead us off. Please and do. And then, then I'll throw it to you because rule number one, the single most important thing when betting MMA to take into consideration is that flyweight unders never lose. Never They've lose. Never lost. They are a the lock of the century. We, I mean, we did the math. We did the science. This is backed by science. Five out of ten rec- dentists recommend it. It's it's the rule number one as far as I'm concerned for MMA betting. I mean. I went back through my bets for this year, and I am seven and zero betting on flyweight unders. Uh, wow. First one I did of the year was Schnell Roy Val 
back at 274. And the biggest thing about these things, none of them have ever seen a third round when we take these. killing it. Almost all of them are first round finishes. Jillian Robertson, this past weekend, we delved in to the women's MMA flyweight unders, worked out for us. Don't know how regular of a thing that's going to be, but I am happy to jump on the opportunities when they present themselves like they did this past weekend. I'm... I'm serious. Flyweight unders are my favorite bets to make. When I see the flyweights making the walk, those just athletic, strong, just great looking people making that walk out to the octagon, I'm pacing around my my house. It's it's not just the financial ties. It's the emotional ties at this point because I'm so buried deep into the flyweight unders train. Oh, yeah, man. It's and it's it's just electric. It is just electric to watch because, you know, they they come out for action, full gas, all gas, no brakes, baby. And it's it's great. And I'm glad we found this. I'm glad we are the we're the people who discovered this. You know, it's been it's uh, been passed along. It's made waves. National radio, uh, Dan Levitard show. Don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It was presented to them. They denied it. They denied the book of flyweight unders and whoa. it cost them. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Our man, Tony. Our man Tony presented it Tones. to them. Yeah, and we they need to talk. We need to talk to him. Yeah, it was the uh, De Silva Altamirano fight. They they faded it and took the over and lost. They they just got obliterated. They didn't lose. They lost badly. Like I I didn't know this. I'm glad to. I thought we got through to Tony, and it, obviously no, Tony passed. Tony couldn't get through. Yep. couldn't get through to the others. That's. I didn't know this. All I'm saying is Newton gave Newton discovered gravity. Uh, ben Franklin discovered electricity. We discovered flyweight unders. You judge who's given the most to mankind. I think the answer is simple. Uh, get the checkbooks ready for for October because I've already got my eyes on quite a few. Oh, we this got is, got a few of them coming up, and look, the retirement count needs around. to be padded. Got to build up retirement. That's how uh, we do it, baby. All right. While we're on the subject, I'll give one. Uh, this is one that has been tested and proven always bet on the Magomed if the oh. man has Magomed in his name I don't know if there's ever been a female Magomed I'm, I'm sure there has been at some point but uh, if there is a Magomed in the name you bet on that they are 50 and 8 all time in the UFC uh, don't know how it translates to Bellator or other sports but there is a uh, a, a man by the I'm name sorry, of can you, can you repeat those numbers just for the people in the yeah. back in case they didn't hear that 50 and 8 50 That's and 8 all good. time. That's, That's pretty decent. Pretty uh pretty good in in my opinion hitting hitting at that kind of a clip. Uh yeah, 50 and 8 all time. Don't know if it transfers to Bellator. We're going to test those waters when a little man named uh Magomed Magomedov takes on Patchy Mix. Double the Magomed. Double the Magomed. Double the Magomed. Uh makes up for it being in Bellator. I will definitely be betting on him to beat Patchy Mix in December. Uh that is the rule that I present to you. I love this rule. I had a very similar rule down of if a man's if a man's name has Av or uh, yeah the Avs yeah any of the Avs uh, or or Chev in it it's just don't don't bet against them just never bet against the Avs and the Chevs very similar rule I'm fully on board with you uh, the next okay. one yes go look go. the next one I would like to present. And I, I want to let you wax a little more on this because I, I spoke some about this uh, with AK and we were talking through it. 
Actually, no, I'll table that for a second because I will say the second most important rule for me personally, and arguably it's the most important rule, uh, it certainly was until we discovered flyweights. Betting is supposed to be fun. MMA betting, the entire purpose of doing this is, is not to pad the retirement account, even though that's what we do. It's to have fun. And so my betting philosophy is guided entirely by that. If there's a bet that I could make that's not as fun as a bet that I could make, I'm not going to pick the one that's less fun. I'm going to pick the bet that is fun to do. If there's any reason that a bet might not be fun, let's say theoretically uh, a, f- a tragedy occurs to a fighter, he has a family member die, I'm not going to bet against that because it's not fun to bet against a man who's battling through things like that. Betting is supposed to be fun. Take that shot. Add that extra leg to the parlay. Throw throw a couple bucks down in a plus 2,500 long shot. Have fun with it. That's the most important rule other than flyweights to me. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's the first thing that I wrote down. I mean, getting bogged down sometimes in the MMA betting Twitter sphere is just nauseating. How serious some of these people take this stuff. Like, I get that you're playing with money, and I get that it sucks when you lose, but it's just like you you can't be so miserable when you lose. Like, give yourself 10 minutes, give yourself 15 minutes, whatever it takes, huff and puff, do whatever you want when you lose a bet, and move on. Like, this is meant to be fun. Have fun with it. Make the stupid bets. I have people hitting me up after Pat Sabatini loses, and they're like, uh, I think it's time you stop these gimmicks and getting t-shirts and getting cheesesteaks and and doing this that and the other i'll never stop i'll never stop because it's hilariously fun especially when it hits if pat sabatini goes out there and and wins say the 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 roles are reversed he wins in the first round i got one cheesesteak in hand and i'm dancing around my living room if that happens and it's hilarious and it's fun i'm never going to stop doing that It's fun. That is what betting is supposed to be. You are not going to retire on this. You are not going to pay down your mortgage with these winnings. Like You would have to have such a massive bankroll and have such a disciplined process to be able to do that. You're not like if you're just getting in this just for some action, that's not what is going to happen. So have fun with it, please. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I will now offer offer to you for the next one. Uh, yeah, I mean, like while we're on the sort of the more serious rules here, uh, one just like explanation thing is, you know, speaking of being disciplined is is units, uh, kind of a phrase that gets thrown around and, and not everyone knows what it means. A lot of people, you know, that don't take it as seriously or are new to the betting sphere kind of, you know, sort of laugh it off and, and everything. It, it does kind of sound like a little bit pretentious, a little bit douchey. When, it when, super sounds douchey. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I, I recognize I, it. I recognize it, totally it 100%. I used to be the guy that was like, this guy talks about units. What a fucking this. I can't listen to this. It's just uh, a standard measurement. Yes. It makes sense. Once you understand why people do it, it makes sense. Not everyone has the same amount of money. Not everyone has the same bankroll, which a bankroll is money you have set aside strictly to use for betting, which should be the first thing you are going to do if you are going to embark on a betting journey. Never bet with the mortgage. Oh my God. Never just like, never just keep plopping money into the account and just keep losing it. Hat, no track your results keep a spreadsheet do whatever you have to do i know i got too late into the game before i before i realized what uh 
bet MMA tips is they are a third party tracking service. Do whatever you have to do to to track your bets, track your results, to actually see how you're doing, to see how your bankroll is. Set aside that bankroll. And then with that bankroll comes the units. Units is 1% of your bankroll. If your bankroll is $500, a unit is $5. And I don't I don't I can't speak for everybody on this, but for me, the scale is 0.1 unit to five units. I rarely ever in a year of giving out picks on the MMAR, I've never given out a five unit bet. That would be a max bet for me. These people that I see that are like 10 units here, 20 units here, oh, max bet a hundred units. It's like, dude, you're just trying to inflate numbers. That makes no sense. You're you're losing the whole purpose of the scale at this point. If you're consistently making 10 unit bets, then that's your one unit. Like that's what it is. It's the unit scale is not meant to inflate your numbers. It's meant to give a a universal language. If I'm talking to Bill Gates and I'm like, yeah, man, I got a unit down on Magomed Magomedov here. And he's like, oh, how much you put? And I'm like, $10. He's like, what is <laughs> yeah, the point of this? You I'm going to come put- to Bill Gates and be like, I've threw 20 bucks. I was like, is that like a quarter? I don't, I don't understand exactly. what that means. Exactly. What's, what is the point of that for me? It's a universal language. I have friends that bet thousands of dollars. Sometimes I, I will give out my picks and they'll send me my picks that I gave out and they have a thousand dollars on it. And I'm like, Oh God, like I'm nervous for that. But then it's like, that's their unit size. That's how much money they make. That is what they put on bets. So it's not that foreign to them. So yeah, it's just a common language. That's all it is. Uh, and it, and it really helps with bankroll management. Yep. I've got it here. My, uh, I genuinely don't, I think I will occasionally bet over like 10 units or whatever do you know occasionally uh, i see people but, where every bet is 10 unit units bets are, yeah your your bet should be a standard that's, that's unit. your unit then yeah one percent of the bankroll and occasionally and then sometimes and i'll i'll lead this into to my next one here sometimes i even perhaps on this very program i have not obeyed this rule <laughs> which is that there are no sure things. There's yeah, no God. such thing as a lock beyond flyweight unders. And so there's <laughs> that's the reason you don't bet more than five, 10 units on a thing. You don't put 100% of your bankroll. You don't put 50% of your bankroll. Please don't do that. Because sometimes you do that on Valentina Shevchenko, and then <laughs> you are literally staring down bankruptcy and being like, I've made a massive mistake. <laughs> That's and, in, in, in all seriousness, that's why you should have a max bet in mind. What is. is your max bet where you reach that confidence, where you're where you really are like, I don't see how this loses. Like this past weekend, my most confident one was Joe Pfeiffer. I was like, this guy is going to win. Yeah. I can almost guarantee it. So say I wanted to take a single on him, I would have a max bet. My max bet in in my mind is is five units, and it would just, you know, I would pull the trigger on that. Um but yeah, it's it's like what you're saying. There are no sure things. There are no locks, dude. I've been gambling for 10 years, and I can promise you there are no locks in this game. No, none. And that's the amount of the amount of the locks max, that I've had lose. Oh, dude, it happens. And that's the thing. Your max bet, if you're putting whatever you've set your max bet, it should be like you said, it should be something that you feel like or in your heart would be like, I would bet my house on it. But you don't actually bet your yeah, house please. on it because you're a reasonable person and you recognize that, especially in this game, dude, absolutely anything can happen. I, oh like my they could twist god! In MMA too, 
in MMA too. It's so volatile. And the max bet, it should be a lot. It should it should be where when it's coming up, this is this is the one. This is big bet. The, we, the vibes are the vibes are high. We're a little bit nervous, but it should also be if you lose. Your night isn't ruined. Your week isn't ruined. You're not going to be- Your life a, isn't ruined. Yes. Like you're not going to be a bitter, angry person to everyone around you. Like there's nothing worse. And I've been guilty of it before than the guy that loses the bets or is, or is having a bad night and he just becomes a sour grape and he's not oh, fun yeah. to hang out with. Like, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy, dude. Because like, if you want people to celebrate and go crazy with you when you win, don't be the guy that's sulking and being the worst at the party when you lose. Absolutely, absolutely. Which, which actually, your what you just said. There's no such thing as a lock. Don't don't go crazy on it. Actually, leads me to a point. In my oh, opinion, perfect. don't chase, don't chase. And and when you lose oh, on a great rule, when you lose on way too much, don't chase it. Don't go after it. You you go into the night with your bets. Maybe you want to throw in a live bet. Maybe you have a plan to do that. Don't chase on it like at just this past weekend just this past weekend i had the losing week i tweet about it yeah lost this week it is what it is we'll be back next week uh try and win it back and someone hits me up immediately is it time to win it all back on triple g and i'm like no and i pray that that guy actually didn't try yeah. and do that because now not only did you have a losing week now you've just made it even worse now you're just even more in the gutter now do you even have that desire to chase even more don't chase because the bets that you're coming into, which leads me to another point is, is do the work, put in the research are hopefully heavily researched. You have reasoning behind it. You know why you took the bet. When you start chasing, man, you're throwing darts, dude. You start, th you start playing on emotion. You start trying to get it back. You, you know, you start betting with, with your heart over your brain and things can go bad there. And I just never encourage anyone to chase. hundred percent. And that's the thing too. Cause like if you, when I lose a bet, I at least know I had a reason. And maybe when I go back exactly. and look at it, I'm like, okay, that was I, I misevaluated this or I didn't take this into account. But I can feel good knowing that I I knew what I was doing or had a reason. If you you throw a dart chasing and you miss, then it's like, oh, I, I was just being an idiot. Like that it wasn't like I was being smart and I missed something. It was I was just being stupid. And it's it's it doesn't help. It gives you nothing but regrets. Hundred percent. I'm with you on the don't chase. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to leverage this into my next one, Please. which is also a little more serious. I, I genuinely mean this to everyone because this was a. I've had some people ask me about this. Always hedge your yes. parlays. Yes, I, I always hedge your parlays. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Every time I cannot, if you've got a four leg down and you've hit the first three and you're just waiting on that last leg to come through, even if it is your most confident leg of the parlay, it's, it's Canelo triple G. Obviously Canelo is going to win this one. I feel the best about it. I'm just going to let it ride. Just hedge, just at, like take, take the guaranteed payout because there are no guarantees. And so yes, I explained I this to AK once. I have a system for hedging. My hedging on parlays, it's, it's binary. If I feel really, really good about the last leg, when I make my hedge bet, it is just to cover if the last leg fails. Yes. If I, I don't, if, if the last leg's up in the air, I make a middle hedge, which is where either way the outcome goes, I, I make as much profit as possible between the two, right? So 
One is basically to cover my losses should should the last leg somehow lose, but maximize the amount I gain even throwing the hedge down. The other is I'm not as sure. I'll just take the max guaranteed profit either way, but always, always hedge. Yes, a hundred percent. If a hedge is presented to you, which if you don't understand what a hedge is, it's if you have a parlay in and you are down to the last leg, don't do it when there's two legs left because something can go wrong. When you are down to the last leg, and this brings me to another point of not parlaying underdogs. Do not parlay underdogs. That Just take them straight. That's should, really rule number one. Yeah, there should never be a reason why you're not just taking it straight. I would hate to see you parlay up a plus 150, a plus 170, a plus 110, go two for three, and you could just be swimming in profits instead of having zero dollars. Because you're not parlaying underdogs and you're parlaying favorites, the hedge out opportunity will be at plus money for you, which means you can take it to equate to what you bet, which is what I do when I hedge if I feel really confident on it. But hedging is just a great opportunity to just make a situation even better. Like you are now sitting, say you took a parlay, it's plus 200, you have three legs down, but your last leg is minus 400. You are now sitting on a minus 400 at plus 200. The other side coming back at plus 280. Why just, I am never afraid. I'm never afraid to hedge. I'm, I'm never afraid to not chase. Like you just... You like, yeah, yeah. It's I'm, insurance. You're yes. buying insurance and it's all like buying insurance. Unless you're playing blackjack, buying insurance is always the way to go. Yes. Cover your bases. Um, which also leads me to another point on, uh, you know, hedging. Uh, you know, this is actually one of the last serious rules that I have. And then we can get back to the fun stuff. Uh, I feel like this is the most serious I've ever gotten on the pod. But uh, uh, one more that I have, maybe some people will disagree. If you, if you like the fighter and you like the number play it play yes. it if you think they're going to win don't be afraid like don't feel like you have to get peer pressured into only taking plus money plays like i i see a lot of people falling victim to this and i i'm a i'm a proud chalk donkey man i'll, I'll say it i like taking chalk and it's been profitable for me and i and i find winnings with it and and it's a system of success that i have found in betting and I will receive flack for it, typically on a weekly basis. Oh, a lot of favorites. Oh, man, you only take the safe bets and you win no money. It's like, well, I am winning money. I am a profitable, at this point, long-term better in MMA. And it's just a system that I have. Don't like You don't have to adopt anyone else's system. Do what you do. If, if what you do is just playing four or five dogs every week and you find profitability with that, do that. If you play chalk, if you if you... Do a mix of both. Whatever your system is, play that. Like if you like a fighter and you like the number, take it. Like just take it. It doesn't matter. Like say you like a guy at minus 170, take that. Like you you should go into it before you even look at the odds. You should go into it having an idea of what you want to play that guy at. You should do the research. You should do the tape study and then take a look at the odds. That's exactly how I do it. Couldn't agree more. Don't be afraid of chalk. Vegas knows what they're doing. Vegas, Vegas they're, they're no dummies. Vegas no knows dummies. what they're doing, dude. That's that's a, that's another tip, man. If you think you're outsmarting Vegas, chances are you probably are not. Yeah, they they got some smart people. Got some supercomputers, whatever they've got. Another one, just because this has been a thing lately, and this is less of a a rule for betting and more of a a rule for the karma gods. Because this has happened a lot with a very high-profile individual who I won't name. Never knock another better. 
Like there's, there's, we're, we're all in this together. This is, we're not battling each other. We're battling the books. And that's, I don't care if, if a dude hasn't won in 20 bets because it, it doesn't matter. Like, because you could be that guy and you don't want to inspire the karma gods to come back on you and say, you bagging this man because he can't hit a parlay to save his life. Guess what? Your next 50 bets, you're going to be tossing bricks out. Is no, it's not the good energy. We're all no. in this together. No, never positive bag another vibes. better. Positive vibes, man. Like, and guess what? This is another one. This is the last. I have, I have two more serious ones. Not every cold streak is going to last forever. Not every hot streak is going to last forever. I had eight straight winning weeks. I have one losing week and everyone is reminding me of how I had a losing week. And I'm just like, yep, it's it's what you've done for me lately. I understand getting the flack, but hopefully we can bounce back. Uh, yeah, I, high profile guy, uh, not going to name names, but uh, I'm pretty sure he, he went perfect last night and the cold streak was bound to was bound to end eventually. Like, I, I don't understand this, this shitting on other betters thing. It's, I, I've never taken part in it. I don't like taking part in it. I, it, dude, it's supposed to be fun. It should be you against the bookies. And in my, in my eyes, dude, it's just a little bit of karma. You're just building the, the bad beats up in, in your wallet yeah. for that. Like, I don't down another better, dude. Like, it's supposed to be fun, man. Like, you, you are so lame doing that. Like people who jump on me in my, in my mentions when I have a losing week, it's just like, uh, kick rocks, man. Like I, your opinion is worthless to me. I, I don't care. Like the, the, the flack that I see on MMA Twitter is betting Twitter can, can get ridiculous sometimes. Let me also, I don't, it shouldn't be necessary to say it, but sadly it is. This also don't ever bag a fighter because you lost a bet. Mostly only the worst people in the world do this. And I'm I'm confident that the worst people in the world aren't listeners to us because our fan base is the best in the world. But don't do it. Like it's just it's it's bad karma and it's just a really shitty thing to do. So don't make sure we're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh anything I say about like this week, I've I've been jokingly mentioning Zell Huber. Uh, but like I'm not going to bag the dude as as an actual yeah. fighter and man. Like I'm not gonna go hit him up on Instagram or Twitter and like shit on his family or anything like that. Like it's, yeah, it's uh, insane. Yeah, I don't know. These are all just rules that we live by. Last one that I have is just do the work, do the research, put in the time. Oh, like one. just like watch the tape, look at the stats, look at the trends, look at what's going on, listen to as many people as you can. And don't yeah, don't also don't think that people are Bibles. I am wrong so much. I am wrong so much. I feel like so many people are. Like get as many opinions as you can, get as many different angles as you can. Fights play out in different ways, man. Sometimes you can be the biggest thing I always think of is sometimes you can be so sure of a bet and then the fight starts and you're like halfway into round one and you're like, oh, this is not going how I thought it was gonna go. And then the minutes just tick by and you're like, Oh wow, this is this is really not going how I thought it was gonna play out. And you're like, wow, this is a bad bet. I I did not see this coming. So yeah, just put in the work, man. The 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 more reasoning you have for a bet, the better you'll feel about it and the and the better you'll feel when you lose. When you know why you took it, when you know exactly why you took it and you lose, it it in my opinion it's more comforting. 100%. I've got two more. One of them tags into your Zell Huber thing. 
I avoid debuting fighters. I don't. That's a smart one. It's a smart one. Fighters you can't trust. Fighters you don't know what they're going to do, like I just mentioned. Bellator is full of them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that's also, this this rule could just be avoid Bellator because you have no idea what's going to happen. The Zell Huber thing, like, I thought he's going to win. I intentionally stayed away from that fight because you don't know. I mean, they're fighters, they're people. And there's just such a difference between getting to the show and not, even if you can be as confident as possible. It's a little bit of the chaos hammer when they're making their big, big time debut. Everything's different. It's a whole new world. You, you just never know. So I always avoid debuting fighters. No, I, I, I really do. Th- I think that's a good one. That's that's one I had written down. Last one. I think it's it's one of the more important ones. Ties into a lot of the other stuff we've said. Never, ever, ever, ever bet against your own team never do it. I see so many people who are like, I'll bet against the Bulldogs. Then if the Bulldogs lose, I still made money. You are inviting the karma police to just punch you in the face as hard as they possibly can. If you've got a favorite fighter, don't bet against them. I don't care if your favorite fighter is Tony Ferguson because he's going to lose next time out because he's washed, lost five in a row. If he's your favorite fighter, you can't bet against him. There's no world that you can bet against that man. It's just not how the game is played. Here's the thing, too. Here's the thing. All those people that are like, I'll bet against the Bulldogs, and if they lose, I win money, so I'm happy. Flip side, they win, and now you've lost money, and now you look like a fool for going against your team and not believing in them. Yeah. Like, You're you not just, believing in them. That Losing that money is going to sting. Like, it's going to sting. I don't care how big of a fan you are of a team, dude. It's going to sting losing that money. And it just takes away from it. Where if you bet on them, they win as underdogs. Like, that Kai Kara France against Askar Askarov, plus 300, was such a fulfilling bet. And when he lost against Brandon Moreno, I did not sit there all angry. I was like, I know why I made the bet. It's because I'm a Kai Kara France fan. I backed that dude in the fire. And uh, that's that. We move on. We ride to the next one. I'm with you yeah. on that. It's, or stay away if you have to. Yeah, stay away. You don't, you don't have to bet. Don't bet against don't them. Don't bet though. against them. Don't bet against them. Because say I had bet Brandon Moreno and Kai had won, I would have felt like such an asshole. I would have been like, I could have made no. money and doubled down on this. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I see it a lot out there and it's, you're not, it's important. I, if you don't believe in karma, you're just wrong. Like, no better. They, they say that there are no atheists in foxholes. There are no atheists in sports betting. You believe in the karma gods. Oh, they man. are going to punish you if, in, you if you don't give them respect. In every aspect of life, I am the least superstitious, per, superstitious person ever. In betting, I am the most superstitious person. I, I like... If I'm on a hot streak, I won't get a haircut. I won't change. Like I wear like some stuff on my wrist. I won't change anything on my wrists or anything like that. I get real superstitious, which actually brings me to a point. This is a strategic move on the superstitious part. Uh, hold your bathroom breaks for fights that you have the over on. Uh, because oh, fantastic. The overs are just, they are just miserable to go through. Like you, you're lying if you don't think they are. Sandhagen and, and Song Yudong, pretty certain that one was going to go the over one and a half. And I'm still in my house kind of pacing around just like any big shot. There was one point in the second round, Sandhagen got hit and he stumbled back and it looked like he was wobbled. And like, I was like, no, no, oh no. Like, it's like, 
go to the bathroom. What you do, you go to the bathroom, you take your time, wash your hands twice, maybe floss, do something like that. You know, listening, you have the ear out on your friends in the room watching. And if status quo remains, you're like, time's just taking off. We're almost at that over. And then if they go crazy and you know that the fight is over, you can just chill in the bathroom, wallow in it for a minute, you know, collect yourself, splash a little water in the face, uh, you know. Get out that that hurt, that depression, and then you come out and you're like, yeah, I heard you guys. I heard you. It's whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal. You wipe the tear off your eyes. It is what it is. Uh, which also leads me to one other point. Do not ever, ever count your chickens before they have hatched. Do not start spending that Cannot money do that. until it has hit your account. Just a few weeks ago, I had Kamaru Usman finishing... Two, three parlays, and here I am. I am a Kamaru Usman supporter. Uh, he has finished many a parlay for me, and I'm sitting there talking to my friends like a jackass in the fifth round, and I'm like, Kamaru Usman, dude, guy is just a professional parlay finisher. This guy just finishes parlays for me every last two years, three years. <laughs> Parlay up Kamaru Usman because he's going to finish it. I'm just like, yep, texting with you and uh, Rick. I'm just like, yeah, this guy just oh, finishes. Yeah. Boom. All parlays killed. One one kick because what was I doing? Being an asshole and counting my chickens before they hatch, making plans for what I was going to spend that money on before it even hit my account, and it got ripped away from me in one blow especially in this sport. I mean, literally never, one blow. <laughs> never say it's over. Never talk about it. There was a March Madness, UFC London in March. There was a March Madness game on UNC Baylor. Baylor or UNC, one of the two. I think it was UNC. Yeah, it was UNC up 25. And uh, I was just like, no, nope, not over, not over. And uh, one of my friends at the bar we were at, they were just like, this one's over. You guys got this one. Baylor came all the way back and forced it into overtime from 25 down. And it's just like, it's just bad juju to say it's over. It's bad juju. It's never over till it's over, especially mm -hmm. in MMA, especially in MMA where it takes, where you can be down 100 to nothing and come back like that in MMA. Like it is never over until it's over. Do not count those chickens before they hatch. That's perfect. Well, that's a great note to end on. We have created the first MMA betting rule book. I have one last oh. one. This oh, one this is the one, one in the lab. This is the one okay. in the lab. I, uh, oh, this is so this isn't in the rule book yet, but we're working on it. We've got 15 locked in rules, and now we've got a science experiment. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous to debut this to the public, and I, I don't know how to test this history wise, so we're just going to have to test it moving forward. Uh, it's the rash guard rule. Um, when women come out and they're wearing the, the, the rash guard, I don't know if I just like, if it's just me picking up on it at the times I was at UFC Long Island, two women fought in rash guards that night, Michelle Watterson, Misha Tate, both got pummeled, pummeled. And I was like, wow. And then I just kind of picked up on it. There was another woman, I think it was on UFC San Diego. She fought in a rash guard. That's why I can't look up the historical things. You can't really Google who fought in a rash guard recently. And she lost as well. And I said after that, I was like, man, don't bet, don't bet on the woman in the rash guard. I feel like that might be bad juju. Loma look booned me this weekend. Comes out in the rash guard. Loses it mid-fight. It's like, not, nah, not doing this anymore. Wins the fight. Lost the rash guard, won the fight. This is in the very early stages. 
It's something to keep an eye on. It's something to track. I'm going to be aware of it moving forward. Uh, but I'd like to say that hypothesis is officially under under testing. I love it. the The most fun thing we do here is when we have the we are a podcast of science. And when we have theories, <laughs> we test them. It led us to the great discovery of flyweight unders. Heavyweight overs is still still in it. It's in we're past beta. I mean, we're we're ready to get get FDA approval. Just go to mass marketing with it. We're we're on the cusp. And now we've got a new one. Now we've got a new beta. We've got that Leia McCourt Diana Silva fight for Bellator Dublin. Let's see if the see if the rash guard oh, theory. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see there. who's it. Who's going to come out in a rash guard? Leah McCourt. Is she a rash guard fighter? I, I honestly have no idea. I've I've never considered the rash guard theory. So exactly, that's the tough part. Who would be? So well, listen, all I'm this saying. Is new ground. Yes, I think. I think Leah McCourt is a rash guard fighter. Yeah, I'm looking okay. at I'm looking at some pictures right now. It's well, just something to keep an theory. eye on. If if options, let's test the theory this weekend. We'll see. Right now, I'm going to be an observer of this hypothesis. Uh, I won't officially start taking it until we till we get a few things. And it's it's tough because you don't know if they're going to come out in the rash guard or not. It has to be a live bet because you don't know what they're going to do. But uh, I I'm interested. Like you've you've piqued my interest, good sir. All right, that's all I've got. That's all that's you've it. got. Hey, we'll do this in tight 45 minutes. We'll get in, we'll get out. Here we are. It went much longer than that. (laughs) What's new? Uh, Shocker. Got a little serious there, but, uh, you know, we do get a lot of questions about about the betting stuff. Hopefully, this could be helpful to you guys. Uh, You know, hope I didn't come off too pretentious and and look down upon me talking about the rules. Uh, But, yeah, these are just guidelines that I've learned over the last decade betting that have... uh, I have found success in consistently uh, placing wagers weekend after weekend. So hopefully they can be a help to y'all as well because Jed came with some great rules as well. He's been in this game for a long time. So uh, yeah, that was the goal. Hopefully it helped. Let us know. If not, we can just keep talking about Philly cheesesteaks and uh, yeah, and all Look, that. Gonna, we can keep adding to the rule book as necessary. Oh, we will we be. Now have the, we have the definitive MMA betting rule book. We will be. Nobody else has this. It's our thing. Uh, Hop on board. All right. That's that. UFC Vegas, UFC Apex. We'll cut that out. UFC Apex 61 uh, next week. Mackenzie Dern, Yan Jounan. Kind of like the dog. I don't mind the dog. I, there's a lot of options. Everybody lo- we'll see what happens. Everybody loves Dern. I don't mind the dog. I don't mind the dog. We'll see what I do. We'll see what I do. That's for next week, though. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts